Classic Network's college football preview. We are going to preview the 2015 season. We're going to talk about some of the important games coming up this season, who we think uh, will be in Heisman contention, who we think is going to be in playoff contention. Um, I've invited some some of the guests I know in the group that love the game as much as I do, and I'm sure they're equally as excited as me. Um, two weeks from right now, we're going to be kicking off the college football season. Um, we actually start off two weeks from right now. We're going to have uh, Michigan losing their first game at Utah, and we're also um, going to have uh, TCU at Minnesota. So we got some big games right off the bat. Um, let me see. We got some callers on the line. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in here. I want to get some people going. Let's see who we have here. 817-300. Who is this? That's Jerry. Hey, Jerry. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and try to get some other callers here on the line. I'm going to get us all on here, and then I want to go through um, some of the important games we see, some of the important players and everything. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to give um, everybody a little bit of time to kind of break down their team and what's going on in their kind of their region, their conference, their team, and um, give them a couple minutes to talk about that. So hang on one second. I'm going to get some of the other callers on the line as well. Great. Sounds good. All right, 609-705, who is this? Spencer. Spencer, what's up? What's going on, um, man? Welcome. Did you hear the breakdown? Yes, sir, I was here. All right, give me one second. We got, it looks like Corey on the line also. Yep, I'm here, man. All right, guys. Well, um, I think we're going to have another couple people probably join us as, as we get rolling, but Let's jump right into this. Um, I'm pumped. I mean, obviously, I got two teams, so that's double the excitement for me. Uh, both of them ought to be pretty good. I'm, I'm thinking I got a 9-10 a 10 win team in, in tech and obviously the, the outright favorite to win it all in the, in the Buckeyes. So um, they're playing each other, obviously, to start off the season September 7th. Not looking forward to that. Um, but... I want to go ahead and, and get you guys' thoughts on, like, some of the games you're looking forward to. It looks like there's a loaded schedule this year, kind of good games um, all throughout the season. December, uh, November, the 21st and the uh, following weekend after Thanksgiving, kind of the bookends of Thanksgiving are just absolutely loaded. We're going to have huge games, probably multiple um, top ten matchups. So. Corey, let's start with you. What 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 game is really jumping out to you that you, that you're really excited about this season? Um, I mean, a lot of them are are SEC games. Um, to be honest with you, I think that's the most intriguing conference as far as being wide open. Um, so I mean, immediately uh, I'm pretty high on Auburn this year. So I mean, I think Auburn, uh, Alabama at Auburn, um, going back into there is a absolutely a huge game. Um, and then another one that I, I think is equally as huge is, is Auburn at LSU. Um, so I think those are the two biggest games um, in the SEC this year. 
Um, so those two immediately stick out to me. And then I think everyone kind of um, has that uh, Baylor at TCU game circled on the calendar as um, winner goes to the to the playoffs. So those are the three that stand out the most to me that I'm the most excited for that I think will have the biggest impact on who goes to the um, playoffs. Yeah, I actually have um, – obviously, I think TCU and Baylor, definitely a huge game. But um, I got the weekend before that circled for, for TCU. They're playing at Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma could be a sneaky team. I don't think they're a better team. But I just think um, – you know, I think that's going to play in. We have – you know, a good – Oklahoma is going to be decent. You're going to play at their house. They could pull that upset, and if not, they could throw TCU off enough to impact that Baylor game the following weekend. So that one um, I have my eye on in the Big 12. And then the SEC, well, we got two SEC guys on the line. Um, so we got we got East and West. Let's start with, with East. Uh, Spencer, what do you think? What are, what are some big games you see, and are they, are they in your conference or are they outside of the SEC? I mean, I tried to pick both. You know, I was going to be a little biased tonight. But uh, the first one, uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to is the SEC opener for us, uh, Florida, that being uh, versus Tennessee. Uh, you know, Tennessee, they're up and coming, which is weird to say for teams in the SEC normally. But, uh, you know, Bush, uh, Bush Jones, he's got them going in the right direction. They're improving uh, or bringing back, rather, 19 starters. So that's a big game. Um, that's going to open it up for us. And I think that's really going to show what direction both programs are going this year, uh, whoever wins that game. I uh, want to give a shout-out, too, to uh, one of our IBS members, uh, Dustin Yates. I know he uh, was trying to troll a little bit on the Heisman post today. Uh, their QB has no eyebrows. If you get a chance, look up their uh, starting quarterback. But uh, <laughs> that's obviously a, a big game for us at Florida. But uh, <laughs> being a little less biased, uh, I think the Alabama versus LSU game, I think that's going to be huge. Um, I think Saban, I think he's feeling still a little hurt from what Meyer did to him. And I think LSU, they're, they're my sleeper this year. They only went 4-4 four and four last season. But, uh, you know, they're returning a lot of starters. Um, Bama, they're not returning too much on offense. So I got LSU taking that game. And then, like he was saying earlier, too, uh, that Baylor-TCU game, that's going to be a huge game. Uh, TCU, they're returning 10 offensive starters, including their Heisman favorite quarterback. And then uh, yep. Baylor, I mean, they're bringing back almost everyone on offense, too. That game last year, if you guys don't remember, it ended 61-58, uh, to 58, which that's kind of crazy. Uh, sounds like a basketball score maybe in the Big Ten or something. But, you know, that's going to be a big game. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that the uh, guy that's going to fill in for Bryce Petty, I mean, obviously it's like you lose your starting quarterback. Um, is that going to impact you? Well, everyone's saying that this guy is more of a dual threat um, not not that Bryce Petty arm necessarily, but will definitely be able to jump into this system and keep it high-powered. And I think that uh, Baylor's schedule is very favorable. We actually got several of these teams that are up there that have uh, very favorable schedules, um, you know, up until really November for a lot of them. So, you know, I think whoever it is – um, quarterback for a lot of these teams where we have these QB battles, they're going to get some time, and, and we're going to have this amazing end of the season. Um, Jerry, what are your thoughts on on some big games in the SEC and elsewhere? 
Well, I think Corey kind of beat me to the punch on a few things. I'm with him. I'm very intrigued by the SEC this year. I feel like there's been more question marks uh, uh, where teams are at and how they're going to perform than there have been in the last five years. Um, but that Alabama and Auburn, that, that game to me uh, really, really is something that I'm looking forward to. Um, you can tell Saban is just – in the interviews, it almost seems he's a little worried about his quarterback situation, rightfully so, but he's still Nick Saban. I mean, you can't not trust the guy and can't be confident that he's got something up his sleeve. Uh, with all the buzz bringing in Will Muschamp over at Auburn, I just I, I don't know about them. They're getting a lot, a lot, a lot of buzz, a lot of preseason buzz, and in fact, I probably would pick them from one of my college playoff teams. Um, but I'm a little intrigued to see where both those teams sit when that game is over. Um, second game, my bias game, of course, is the opening game on September 5th, uh, A&M and Arizona State. I think that will be a good benchmark of where both teams are at as well. Uh, if A&M can't get through A&M's Arizona State, there's a good chance that they're not going to be able to run the gauntlet of the SEC, so it might make for a long season. Uh, and also I think it will show where Arizona State's offense at. Um, A&M doesn't have the greatest defense. Uh, hopefully that improves over Chavis, but I'd like to see what they can do uh, with their offense. And then, just like everybody else said, that Baylor-TCU game, I mean, I think that's going to set the mark for the Big 12, and I don't think they're going to leave either one of those teams at the playoff spot, uh, whoever wins. Especially going back to what you were saying regarding the quarterback situation at Baylor, uh, I've been following Art Browse a long time, even since he was a high school coach down here in Texas in Stephenville. And uh, that guy, he's got a good system. And I really am confident that anybody he puts back there is going to be successful. So, of course, when you lose an arm like Bryce Petty, you always got your question marks. But to me, it's just I think it's next man up. And I think that game's going to be every bit as thrilling and high scoring as it was this last year. Yeah, I I don't know what you've heard about this quarterback, but I've heard he's he's going to be RG three with a little bit less legs and a little bit more arm, but should bring that kind of dual threat back there. Yeah, and I'm interested to see too. You know, I'm hearing a lot of good things out here from local media and other people. Art Browse, if, if we all hadn't noticed during the playoff system last year, that guy could double as a politician he needed to. So I'm I'm definitely interested in getting the high test on both Baylor and TCU. I think they're definitely both teams going to be great, uh, and and but I just feel like the the Big Twelve is just a two two team race at this point. But it'll be exciting to see. Yep, um, I got. Let's see, we got another call on the line eight zero four nine three seven. Who is this? This is Chris. Chris, welcome. What's going on? Um, we're going through some of the games we're we're uh, excited about seeing this season. Um, we got a lot of consensus on, obviously, TCU Baylor being a big one. Um, but you know, I think there's going to be some other ones that that impact the season. You know, one of them with your team, FSU at Clemson. That's that's a game every year that that's always worth um, making note of. What else do you see in the ACC as far as some some big games for that conference, and then just Overall, what games are you excited to see this season? Well, you hit it right on the head right off the bat. It's us and Clemson, of course. Um, if you look at most of the uh, media outlets and the magazines and, and things of that nature, um, they are picking, you know, once again, this is the year for Clemson, supposedly, you know, supposedly. 
Um, you know, they bring back a few people. We've lost quite, you know, we you know quite a few people, especially along the offensive line. So um, that game right there, to me, is definitely like the biggest game. Um, another game that's going to kind of be off the radar, and I know I know most you know most folks will be like, um, come on, you know. How are you putting this game in? But being a Florida State fan and knowing the problems that we've had with them, the game that I circle personally uh, is uh, the NC State game. And the reason I say that is because it seems no matter how good we are season to season, we always have a problem with NC State. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a jinx, uh, phobia. I'm not quite sure what it is, man, but – that game right there is big to me, as well as our game against Georgia Tech, um, and that's mainly because I'm I'm one of the few people that probably has Georgia Tech actually possibly winning um, their side of the uh, their side of the, the ACC, um, and that offense that, that offense is always tricky for us. So um, outside of that, um, I think to me the biggest matchup as far as the ACC, a lot of the games that ACC teams are playing outside of the conference, um, for me personally, and of course. Um, you know, tech of course is starting out with uh, Ohio State. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's going to definitely be a big game. Um, I think uh, people may sell tech just a little short this year. I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat Ohio State, but I think people are going to sell them just a little bit short. And I think even in that game, they're probably going to be ready to play. Uh, but that's pretty much the way I see it for the most part. And other than us playing Florida, maybe. And that's just because it's Florida and they're supposed to be a little better offensively and good defensively. Go Gators. <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell you with that with that opening weekend game, um, with Tech and OSU, obviously my heart is, is tugged in both directions, but um with that I've also been able to kind of read the hype and I mean both teams are real excited about that game. It's going to be pivotal, pivotal for both of them. We got, um, you know, Ohio State's down some big names. Like, you, we can't just say that that team without Joey Bosa, without their two H-backs, um, without their new deep threat to replace Devin Smith. I mean, that that's a lot of firepower on offense, and, and that's your star, your team on defense, and, and your team captain in general um, that aren't going to be there. And I can – promise you this is the biggest hype I've seen for a Tech game since um, they played Miami. I think it was back in 2005. I mean, it's a night game. It's it's a Monday night game at that. It's going to be wild in Blacksburg, and um, if the Buckeyes get get caught sleeping on them at all, they could, they could trip up. But I think um, they definitely have more talent across the board and should be able to get through it, but you know, it's just one of those things. It's going to be a great thing to see um, the beginning of the season for everybody to, to kind of see how the Buckeyes are, are going to be this year and, and if they're ready to be dominant and step up and try to try to repeat or not. Um, some of the other games that we haven't touched on that I thought are kind of going to be impactful, second week of the season, Oregon comes to Michigan State. Um, there's quarterback battles all across the country right now at big-time programs. I mean, right now, I don't think we can name a starter at Florida State, Ohio State, Oregon, um, Texas A&M, Jerry. I, I mean, all these teams have quarterbacks up in the air, and 
so if Oregon has this transfer who's just finally cleared, he's got he's got a month to get ready to go to East Lansing. Um, you know, East Lansing's not the most challenging place in the world for a team to play, but uh, Oregon's you know they're gonna have they're gonna have a challenge there, and this is gonna be a very good Michigan State team at home and breaking in a quarterback. Uh, that one that one's gonna be big for both of those teams for the rest of the season because both of them are getting hyped to be able to make the playoff potentially just kind of depending on how the chips fall. So I got that one circled. Um, I and we that touched one, Chase. Yeah. Go ahead, Derek. Oh, I was going to say, I agree with that one too. I mean, you look at that and I mean, you know, you have a quarterback who's basically having to come replace a Heisman trophy winner against one of the nation's yeah. top defenses. And I'm not sure, but I think Connor Cook, isn't he? Is, this is his third year as a starter, isn't it? It is, um, and I actually got him on my my Heisman dark horse list. I mean, that guy, he, he's not going to blow the doors off, but he's consistent. He's played some big games. Yeah. Yep, he's been there, done that, and, you know, he's an efficient quarterback. He can be an efficient quarterback. Uh, with that defense behind him, yeah, that's a that's a great game. That's a great game. Yeah, I think uh, I think that guy's name pops up a couple of times today when uh, I asked the uh, I asked our group here what they thought about the, uh, the Cook. race this year. I think I think his name popped up a few times. Yeah, I, I I mean he's he's definitely a very good starter, very capable. That team, um, you know, they get through that game and somehow pull it off in Columbus. They're they're going to be in the playoffs, so. Um, you know, he could be right there for Heisman. The biggest issue I'm seeing with Michigan State right now is they lost their defensive leader. Their linebacker got injured and will be out for the season. Um, and I think that that's going to impact them. I don't know I don't know if it's going to hurt them directly in the Oregon game. I think it's kind of big. We, gotta, we have an unknown quarterback coming in there on one side against a, a defense that's trying to replace a very good very good linebacker. So um, we'll see how that impacts Michigan State moving forward. And unfortunately, we've had several big injuries this offseason. But um, now I want to kind of move into Heisman since we're talking about some individuals um, and get you guys' thoughts on your Heisman favorites. I got uh, Trevon Boykin as mine. I think that with that offense returning 10 starters like we talked about and just the ridiculous numbers he got last year, I don't see him getting worse. Um, I think that he is just going to light the board up. And even with a loss or two, he's going to be in New York. Um, other than that, you know, I think someone comes out from Ohio State to at least be in contention, whether it's Zeke Elliott or – the uh, two-headed monster that we don't even know what's going to go ha- happen with yet with uh, JT and, and Cardale. And then um, a couple of my dark horses, like we already talked about Connor Cook, and I got Deshaun Watson out of Clemson. And then maybe even like a Fournette out of LSU or a Henry out of Bama, depending on how they do. Um, so I'm just going to go through here, guys, and, and see, get your thoughts, see if you have uh, any additional players that, that you think deserve mention or, or get your thoughts on, on – what I had there. We can start with Chris. Yeah. What do you think about the Heisman? I agree with you about Trayvon Boykin. Um, the only uh, game that I see that 
mean, you know, in, in a college season, you never know what can happen week to week. It's always a team that comes across and beats a team that you didn't see coming. But when I look down their schedule, of course, as you guys touched on earlier, the Baylor game would be pretty big um, towards the uh, end of the season or when they play. Um, so see how he performs, and that will be pretty good. Of course, I had um, Zeke Elliott. But my guy, um, I had Dak Prescott up there. The one thing that scares me about him staying near the top is the LSU and the Bama game. So I said my guy realistically to watch would probably be Jeremy Johnson at all. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like Johnson. I look down their schedule, and it's pretty favorable. I mean, they, they do play Georgia a little later down in the season. Of course, they end the season off, I believe, with Alabama, so that could be tough. But I think Auburn is going to really be supercharged. I really like their team this year. So my guy, I would honestly say, would probably be Jeremy Johnson. Yeah, I think that's that's a good choice. I mean, if someone's going to come out of that SEC, I think. I don't think they're going to completely miss the playoffs, although it could be brutal enough this year that that happens. But, I mean, someone, I think someone's going to pull ahead, and there's, there's going to be an impact player from that team. Auburn is someone that um, is definitely getting a lot of buzz, like we talked about. Um, and so I think Johnson, if they, if they do what Auburn – has the ability to do this year, then he will certainly be right there. Uh, hey, Corey, do you have any additional names to throw in the hat? Who? You? Oh, um, no, I mean, I think you pretty much covered a lot of it with, with Boykin, and, and I think LSU is kind of my dark horse period. Um, and if they're going to be good, obviously Fournette is going to be a big part of that. Um, and he is a monster, so um, he kind of split a lot of carries. So I think he's going to get the book show the bulk load of the carries, but uh, dark horses, um, I think you have to consider uh, Seth Russell for Baylor. I mean, if they're going to be right there, it's going to be him. If they're going to be right there, it's going to be because he's throwing for 4,000 yards and, and putting up 35, 40 TDs. Yep. So um, I think he has to be on your list. And also, I mean, kind of the same exact mold. If you believe in Oregon, um, Vernon Adams isn't a freshman. I mean, I know it's not ideal and it's not D1 or FBS competition, but um, if you believe in Oregon, if you think Oregon's going to be 11-1 and one and, and have a shot to go to the playoffs, then I think you have to throw Vernon Adams in there as a dual-threat quarterback who could kind of fill in a little bit like Russell Wilson did for Wisconsin. Like, I don't think that's out of the question at all. So I think those two kind of have to be on your radar, especially if you believe in those two teams. Agreed. Jerry, do you have some uh, additional comments? Yeah, I, I think I'll be honest. I, I if I had to pick someone, I'm going with Boykin like everybody else. But I, for some reason, I just feel this year somebody might come out and, and surprise us. It might be, not be someone that's on top of anybody's list this year, and somebody comes up with a great season performance. But um, one guy that I don't think anybody's mentioned that I kind of will have my own is Nick Chubb over at Georgia. Yep, I think he's going to have a pretty nice season. I mean, he, he was very impressive his freshman year. Uh, I just I, I think they're returning four starters on their offensive line, so I think it, he should have another pretty big season. Yeah, Chubb, Chubb's an absolute monster, and again, it's just whoever ends up getting through the SEC. I mean, it's exactly. uh, there's there's big time running backs at all the at all the big big names right now, and and if it's Georgia that is able to punch through then certainly Chubb will be right there. He's going to have to be the, the premier player on that team for them to achieve what they want to achieve this year. 
Um, Spencer, what do, you, what do you got for Heisman? I know you've been talking about it and thinking about it for months now, yeah. it seems like. Uh, longer than that, man. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's going to be like the radio. You know, a lot of this is going to sound similar. But obviously, Blinkins, he's probably number one and two right now. I mean, you look at his stats from last year. He's returning nine other guys besides him on the starters for the offense. Uh, you know, his numbers shouldn't drop off at all. Obviously, you can, you can hear most of you want, Chase, but uh, there could be three people coming from Ohio State that could be on there. Obviously, Elliott, whoever starts at quarterback, you know, should have the numbers uh, in that urban offense. Um, outside of that, uh, I was going to bring up Nick Chubb. He just stole my thunder there. Uh, that guy's a monster, man. When he, when he came in, you know, and uh, during the injuries and the suspension of Gurley, like, he, you know, he showed, like, he could have started anywhere else in the country. So he's obviously got to be up there. Uh, I agree with LSU, uh, you know, Leonard there for it. He's uh, he's my dark horse. LSU's my dark horse. So they're definitely going to be solid there. Um, he did mention Dak Prescott, too, I heard earlier. Uh, I had him on a dark horse, too. My only real worry with Dak is the fact that I don't know if they'll win enough games there. Uh, I think the offense will be solid. They return some starters on offense. They return the fewest starters, though, in the SEC. I think they returned four people on that defense. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know enough about them, about their backups, but I don't know if they'll win enough games to keep relevant. You know, as much as the Hopkins yeah. individual, if you're not winning, you're not getting it. So, right, I, um, I agree 100% with that, and I think that yeah. it's just the West is going to be too tough for them this year. I think if last season was was Dak Prescott's year to win it if it was going to happen, and um, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't he, see them coming out of the West. But hey, who knows? Yeah, I mean, he might have, uh, yeah, yeah, he might have, uh, he might have killed his thunder already. Uh, he's a poor man, Stebo, but he's playing in that Mullen offense. He's going to get his place. He's going to get to run. He's going to get the throw. Um, only person I haven't heard mentioned yet. I don't know if our Florida State fans still online. It feels dirty telling all these teams that they have a Heisman favorite. But uh, Golson, man, he came from he came from you know Notre Dame. He's got a little bit of a turnover problem, but uh, I feel yeah. like Jimbo Fisher. He's a he's a he's a good quarterback coach. Uh, I mean, you've seen some of these people flop in the uh, in the NFL since they left, but I mean they they succeed while they're there. Uh, down to EJ Manuel and pretty much all of them. So I mean, I think that uh, if they can fix his turnover problem. Um, I think they'll have a good season there. I think he's got to have a chance. Uh, touching on, I heard him mention the NC State game earlier. That hurt me, too. Uh, they got Jacoby Brisket there playing quarterback. He transferred from Florida. He's a stud. Uh, but, you know, if they can win enough games, they didn't return much on the uh, on the offensive side. But Florida State, I think, returned like nine or ten starters on defense. So, I mean, if they can pull out the games, I think Golson will still make the plays. You know, he's someone who, uh, you know, acts on the fly. He's, uh, you know, he may not play within the game as much as he should. You know, he's going to scramble. He's going to make some stupid plays. But, I mean, I think his name's got to be up there as a dark horse. But I had uh, I had the LSU running back, too, as my main dark horse because I think that, uh, you know, with losing their quarterbacks and, and stuff like that, I mean, the last time they had a good quarterback playing at LSU, the Jets just signed that guy, uh, Matt Flynn. <laughs> so it's been a while, but Les Miles, I mean, he eats the grass. He's the luckiest player, probably the luckiest coach in all of college football. I don't know how he always wins with some of the teams he has, but uh, I think that they're going to succeed this year. I think they're going to bounce back. They return a lot of people, and I think the running backs would be the main reason. So, uh, I mean, he's my main dark horse, but, I mean, it's really hard to root against Boykin right now. I mean, he's, you know, those leagues over there, they throw up way more numbers than some of these SEC teams do. So, I mean, I think it'll be tough to compete with that. Yep. Well, let's get into some of the um, the big quarterback battles going on and. We just talked about Golson 
Chris, has, has he locked up that spot for sure? As of the day, I'm checking everything. And Jimbo is saying no. Um, they're saying that he's still neck and neck with McGuire. Um, I had been hearing earlier in the year that even Constantino was looking very good. Um, so Jimbo's saying they're going to play it out until the end. Um, and I guess that's, what, you know, that's really what we're going to see. I mean, he's, he's steadfast in his word. Every time Jimbo does an interview, he insists that he never promised Golson his starting job. But if you look a lot uh, uh, around a lot of these websites, Golson is looking pretty good. But they're also liking what they're seeing from both McGuire and Constantino. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I do believe he's going to get that job, though. I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, who do I you do. like? Who do you like there, and why? I like I like Golf, and, and I know that he's been a turnover machine. Um, you know, when he was at Notre Dame, but my man hit it right on the head. When you say what you want to about the FSU quarterbacks when they get to the next level, but Jimbo does a great job with those guys on the college level. And being, you know, with his playmaking ability, um, when he's not turning the ball over, he's got a little bit better legs than Sean McGuire, which you're definitely going to need a little bit this year, possibly because of replacing so many guys on that offensive line. I like Golson a, a whole lot better. Um, McGuire played well last year in the Clemson game. I guess as much as you can ask him being thrust in there. He looked good in some instances, you know, with 300 yards. But, you know, he was a little shell-shocked a little bit too, but, I'd rather see Golson go and get in there and um, get the job and just carry it on out. I mean, we all know that there's a good chance that neither one of the Florida State quarterbacks that will be on the roster next year may not even start next year. So, um, I, I, I like Golson. All right, then let's, let's go out to the SEC West, Jerry. Uh, I hear you may have the second coming of Johnny football out there, but he hasn't locked up the position uh as of yet, is that correct? That is correct, and we got to keep in mind, you know, we have Kyle Allen was also the number one ranked five-star quarterback the year before. Uh, he came in down the stretch for the last five games, uh, beat Auburn on the road, came into the bowl game against West Virginia, won our offensive MVP, really showed some some strength towards the end. Right now, throughout camp and pra- or for throughout practice, he's ran most of the first team reps. Here, just in the last week or so, Kyler Murray has started to play a little bit more with the first team. I think people are reading into that a little bit more than needs to be read into. I think Kyle Allen will go in uh, opening opening game as our starter, uh, but keep an eye on it. I, it's not called. It, it's, it's, it's a long way, I think, from being over. But I do think we'll see Kyler play quite a bit, regardless if he's starting or backing up this year. How much do you know about the um, Bama quarterback situation? I haven't been following it as closely as I probably should, but it's my understanding that that there's no one with that job in hand right now either. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know a heck of a lot about it. I've kind of keep up and scratched the surface, I guess, probably like you have, but mostly what I've heard is Saban's just there's nobody jumping out and taking the job. I think there might be an injury. Somebody is, can somebody correct on that with Coker? Is he hurt? Spencer, do you know anything about the the Bama QB situation? Coker, Coker. Um, I did hear something recently. I'm trying to remember what I actually read. I I yeah, actually I did hear. Uh, he I feel like he did tweet something of some sort. I couldn't tell you if it was a you know a pinky or a knee. 
But uh, I know, like, he's not out indefinitely, but I have heard that, you know, essentially they were grooming him. Like, he was supposed to be the man. And uh, it did sound like the last article I read, uh, it did sound like they did hit some kind of roadblock between injury and potentially even being slightly underprepared, uh, almost like they were handing him the job, which I think that touches on. I remember it was you or somebody else earlier was mentioned. Uh, Saban was kind of didn't seem too happy. I uh, didn't seem too confident in his situation, but uh, no, I definitely, uh, definitely have heard from their camp that like there's a little bit going on, which, you know, between that and how much they're returning on the offensive side, that was my main concern, even though, uh, you know, Alabama is known for defense, obviously, most of the SEC is, uh, as the league is changing, it's been a little different the past couple of years, but no, nah, I definitely heard, I uh, definitely heard some concerns out of their, out of that side of the camp. Yeah. And the yeah, follow up on uh, that's what Saban has basically said. I mean, what I remember him saying is basically that, you know, they don't have a, a real experienced player at that position. And I think the quote that I saw was basically he wants somebody to come in there and take the bull by the horns. So it just doesn't seem like at this stage of the game that nobody's came out there and separated the, themselves from the pack. I mean, if we know Saban, you know, that's like the one team that the quarterback position, he just needs a game manager and there's so much talent everywhere else on the field that we're all scared um, for our teams when we have to play them. And we know that they're going to be there regardless of who's under center. It's just how it is with Saban. That's probably why we all haven't been studying it, because it doesn't matter. They're going to be there in November, December, January, as long as Saban's there. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is true. That is true. But, I mean, they're bringing back four people, only four on the offensive side, I believe, if I, if I looked at that correctly uh, the other day. So, I mean, even that, I mean, they do stock and reload, though. So, I mean, yep. <laughs> they're probably bringing a backup to get started at any team. You know, that's that's kind of the saving way. That's kind of what everyone follows. Uh, all the disciples have done well outside of uh, Muschamp. Uh, someone mentioned his name earlier. I'm still feeling bitter about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they should. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you are right. I mean, no matter who they plug in, I mean, look at look at kind of like we were touching on Florida State quarterbacks earlier, uh, but they put up much better numbers in college. You look at the Alabama quarterbacks. I mean, them coming out, they win like four, five, six, sixteen rings, and then they come to the NFL level. And I mean, can you name an Alabama player that's starting the NFL? It's probably not. They they uh they're not they're not too good once they get to the next level. They just you know, but they had Julio <laughs> Jones and so on and so forth. But you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. That sounds like a biased take there, and and I don't like Alabama at all. Um. I think the other big battle we got, uh, obviously, besides Ohio State, I'll touch on in a second, is um, Oregon. Uh, Corey, you talked about Vernon Adams coming in, um, but I've heard that since he's coming in so late, that job is not locked up at all. That The locker room seems to like Lockie. He's been there. He knows the system. Um, you know, he's ready to he's ready to drive the car. Right now, I think that Adams is uh, more talented, obviously, but I'm not sure. I, still, at this point, who's going to get that job? Do you do you see Adams just taking this for sure? Well, I, I think they're going to actually employ kind of a two quarterback system at first. Um, but the issue is, is that exactly what you said. It sounds it seems like Alan Adams is balling, but the locker room is split. Um, so it, it both dudes could place in what I've been reading um, initially, but the problem is they got to be ready for Michigan State so quickly. So 
Um, I don't think he has that job locked up by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's kind of a consensus that he gives them the best shot to win the national title. Um, so who knows what Helfrich does. He seems like he, he likes to keep it a little bit close to the vest. But everything that I've heard from out of there is that Adams is getting things quickly and been very impressive, um, but it's surely not his job by any stretch of imagination, even if he is the more dynamic player. I can't see him not winning it at some point. And then, obviously, we got Ohio State. Um, I think things are starting to lean JT Barrett. Uh, it seems like the locker room is okay with both. They've won big games with both guys. Uh, Cardale Jones, he's got the better arm, but JT can open up that offense more and do more things. Um, I you know, either way, I think that Urban's going to just hold that card until Blacksburg. I don't know if we're going to know until the offense runs out on the field on September 7th who is really going to be the starter. And, um, you know, I think that that's one way that Urban's going to try to one-up Bud Foster this time. But I think um, I think it's likely going to be J.T. Barrett and – I just hope it's a situation that whoever does get it, that the team will stick with and it doesn't create drama where the team or or fans are cheering for the other guy. And um, it's, it's a unique situation that's going on. But then again, like we talked about, there's a lot of open QB jobs at, at uh, big schools right now. So we're only two weeks away. We still have a lot of question marks, surprisingly. But let's do our best to try to predict the future here and um, go through playoff teams. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you guys mine, and then um, I'm going to run through with you all and see if you have different teams and why you put them there. So my four that I have are going to be Ohio State, Auburn. I have taken the SEC and getting in. Baylor, I have, uh, just because I think they have an easier schedule and an easier path to get there, I think they might be able to upset TCU and make it in. Um, And then out of the Pac-12, I have UCLA. I think that their schedule is very favorable. If they can get through a game at USC at the end of the year and then the Pac-12 championship, I think their resume would be good enough. But I don't see anything tripping them up before then. Um, So I'm going to go through starting with – Jerry, who do you have the same four, or, or who do you have differently there? Jerry? Uh, right, I'll go to Spencer. Here. Oh, I'm here. Spencer, I got so my four playoff teams, Ohio State, Auburn, Baylor, and UCLA. Who do you have different from that and why? Spencer? You talking to me? Oh, my bad. I thought you were talking to somebody else. I thought you said Jerry. Um, no, I definitely have different teams. Um, I got to say you're a little high with UCLA. I don't know. I don't know. I have too much confidence to them. Especially they lost their, they lost their, they lost their starting quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, nah, absolutely, uh, you know, obviously Ohio State. I mean, you know, it's a self-conference. I can tell you that, right? 
and he's not the best coach in college football. Finally, he, he took down Nick Saban after he sent him to the hospital. That's cool. Uh, so you got to have them at top. Um, I think he's working for a mute. Huh? He said you're working on a mute. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I think, I mean, I I would contradict everything I said so far tonight if I didn't go with TCU. I mean, I think they're going to pull it out. They, they lost a little bit more on defense than they did on offense, but they don't play defense in that league, man. So, you know, TCU, I think I think they're going to prevail. I got them up there. Um, I still got my dark horse, LSU. Uh, I got Florida State. They're probably going to ice skate through that, you know, almost competitive conference that they're in, uh, no matter who the quarterback is. I'm hoping it's Everett, too. I'm a fan of Everett as much as I hate to say it. Uh, my old roommate, Andrew Cookson, he's a member, too, on uh, IBS. But uh, he's a big, big, uh, you know, fan of Dame. I know they don't play in a conference, so they don't count. But uh, I think FSU, I think they're going to skate by. I still think they might get snagged by Florida at the end, but I don't think it'll be enough to matter. Florida can honestly, Florida can honestly be like 500 at that point. Uh, but yeah, I got I got Ohio State, TCU, FSU, as well as LSU. I think that LSU is going to surprise some people. I know they went 500 in the conference, but uh, I honestly think they're going to take down. I mean, I don't think honestly I don't think Alabama has enough on the offensive side of the ball to win some of these games. I know they've been plug and play for year after year. Their defense is still scary. I think they bring back 10 starters, but I don't, I don't think it's enough on the O. Um, yeah. yeah, that's my four. I like the LSU pick. I also like the FSU pick. I, I mean, honestly, like, I, when it got down to the fourth, I'm like, all right, they, I would like to see FSU more than UCLA. I don't really like the Pac-12 um, that much, personally. I don't see much coming out of there. They haven't even won a championship since 2004 um, as a conference. So... But I just feel like they're not gonna they're not gonna push them out. That's my feeling that the, that someone is gonna make it in from that from that conference. And I don't see USC or Oregon or UCLA really being great. But one of them is gonna get in from that. Um, Corey, what do you I think? I see that. Um, I agree with his LSU pick. I think everyone's dismissing LSU because they didn't have a quarterback last year. Um, but Brandon Harris is a highly touted recruit. He's just a freshman, and you can't play a freshman a, a freshman in the SEC and expect to get results. So, I mean, I think a year of experience under his belt and, and them having a, um, a beast running game is really going to help him out, and I, I think he can be a solid quarterback. And with all those returning players and, and that talent, I mean, I think, I think they're definitely a, a team that's better than their ranked preseason. Um, I've kind of got the same as him. I definitely have TCU. I think everyone has Ohio State penciled in. Um, I think a second from SEC is getting in, um, and I think it's going to be um, Auburn. Um, I think everyone in the Pac, I think everyone in the Pac-12 is losing losing at least two games, um, so they're not going to have an option. And um, I think uh, an SEC team that doesn't go to the conference title uh, from the West sneaks in um, with one loss, and I think that'll be Auburn. Um, I think Auburn beats LSU, LSU beats Alabama. One of those two go, wins, the other one gets in. Um, I think Florida State loses one game, and, and that's enough to keep them out um, with the schedule of the SEC. So I think it's the year that two SEC teams go, um, and then I just think TCU has the home game against Baylor. Um, Baylor has a quarterback that is not going to be used to playing close games on the road, and that's just not going to be too much for them. All right, yeah, I could definitely see that scenario also. Um, 
we'll see. We'll see if they if they keep out the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 money because we also have half these people saying that the Pac-12 is the best conference in college football right now. I don't think any of us agree with that, but um, yeah. that is being stated right now. Chris, what do you have as far as playoffs? And then um, we got about ten minutes left here, so if you want to. Let us know about your your um, playoff thoughts, and then go right into your outlook for Florida State for the year, and uh, and how you think they're going to finish up. All right, um, a lot of the same names. Most of mine is really just because of scheduling. Okay, of course, I pencil Ohio State in, like most people. I don't really see anybody challenging them. Maybe the Michigan State, um, but Ohio State definitely is in there. Uh, number two, Oregon. Um, be a different quarterback, but they'll get the system clicking, clicking like they do every year. Most teams won't figure it out, um, so I'm going to go ahead and put Oregon in there. Uh, the TCU Baylor thing, I went back and forth with, um, and the Baylor quarterback situation has me just a little worried based on them making the playoffs. I do believe uh, TCU plays them actually at home. I think TCU has them at home. So I'm going to go ahead and take TCU and that one. And then my last one, you probably could figure out, mainly because when I was talking about my Heisman uh, pick, or it could be the dark horse, whichever way you want to put it, is Auburn. Um, and my main reason with the Auburn situation is that Auburn plays Alabama and Georgia both at home. They have them at home, so I'll take them there. So those are my four, Ohio State, TCU, Auburn, and Oregon. Um, as far as my Seminoles, um, I haven't really said a whole lot about them this year, um, mainly because, number one, like we stated earlier, a lot of folks are picking Clemson ahead of us, and maybe with good reason. I mean, they've got a potential Heisman uh, quarterback or a Heisman runner, I um, mean, quarterback. Um, we lost a quarterback. Um, we lost majority of our offensive line. Um, so we're, that is going to be the key to whoever's success, you know, whether it's Golson or whether it's McBuyer or Constantino. So that is the big if. Then we also have the situation with Dalvin Cook dangling out there. Um, a lot of folks seem to think that Dalvin Cook actually is going to be okay. That he's going to get off. And, you know, he's only like the second 1,000-yard uh, running back we've had since like 96. And you saw what he did last year. Um, he let me down in the uh, in the playoff game with all the fumbles. But you see he's more than capable of uh, helping carry the team. Um, Schedule-wise, um, a couple of games in there, like I said, I stated earlier, you know, the NC State thing scares me just because we seem not to be able, you know, to play with them. Whatever reason, they always give us a scare. Uh, Georgia Tech, maybe. Um, I do agree with some of what the guys were saying earlier about us, though. I do think that there is a possibility that we could play a lot better. We have offensive line messes and the quarterback situation is southern. We can play a lot better than some people have us. Uh, I'm not as worried about the – believe it or not, I'm not as worried about the Clemson game. I mean, I'm worried about it, but not as much as a couple of the others, like some people are. It's just something about Clemson, they always seem to disappoint. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm going to put this down about 10 and, uh, 10 and 2 for the season with the uh, potential to surprise, and you never know. We could be sitting around dancing, looking at a playoff slot um, if everything just, you know uh, – Gels and messages together. So, but I'm gonna say we can go about ten and ten and two, um, just to be safe. All right, real quickly, quickly, uh, give me a name of someone on your team that not everybody would know, but you think is gonna make a splash this year. Not everybody would know him. A few people would know the kid if uh, 
if he watched enough Florida State games last year. And uh, he got a little, you know, he was overshadowed just a little bit by the man that was on the other side of him, you know, at, uh, at wide receiver. My guy, without a doubt, is uh, Travis Rudolph. Um, he's shown big game potential. He, his hands are like pillows. He catches everything. Um, he runs fantastic routes. And, um, you know, and there's a reason that he was such a highly, uh, you know, his five-star, four-star, five-star recruit coming out, of, um, coming out of high school. And real quickly, the one big name um, that I do believe, if he goes ahead and comes out next year, could be the number one person play at his position coming out is Mr. Jalen Ramsey on defense. And the guy's, the guy's phenomenal. Um, he was in on about 80 tackles last year. He's uh, And he, he's pretty much the team leader the way I look at it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Corey, what you got on KSU? They're going to make some noise this year? Ema, uh, no, nah, this is not our year, man, um, so I'm not going to waste too much time on it. Um, but we graduated a lot of a, a lot of talent. I mean, when KSU has three people, four people drafted, period, and, and multiple in the, on the first day, um, that's usually not going to be a good sign for us. But um, we're still going to be – I mean, it's still Snyder. You know how he goes. I mean, we're not going to be awful. I think we're going around eight and four, nine and three. Um, we legitimately, not even a hype job, have one of the best secondaries in the entire nation. Um, two guys coming mm. back all Big 12. Other people, I mean, two will get drafted. Um, two coming back that are all Big 12, then an additional two that are, are very solid. So, I mean, people don't know, but Denzel McDaniel's on the on the watch list for the Thorpe Award. Um, Barnett's a, a, a great, strong safety that knocks the snot out of people. Uh, but offense is the issue. Um, Snyder did pull a little Houdini act. Um, we got an athletic uh, Juco, uh, Jonathan Banks, who was really highly tighted, touted. Um, some SEC schools were going after him. They thought he was going to be a 2016 recruit. Um, we snuck him back door after spring practice. Um, so he's in the mix to start. I mean, he's a freak athletically. Um, so when you have kind of a, a makeshift offense, having someone that can just make plays can win you a few games. So um, I think we, I think we're talent-wise, we're not even – top five in the Big 12, maybe not even top six, um, but we got the best magician in all of the nation, so I think that can win us eight time games. <laughs> all right, thanks a lot for joining. No Spencer, I don't even want to hear about your team because you've already told me too much about it, but give me a quick rundown of, of what we should expect from Florida. Any big upsets coming and, and who are the players to watch? Absolutely, absolutely. I know that everyone at IBS was waiting for this moment right now. I don't talk about Florida enough <laughs> there. So, um, I mean, I've never been this excited for a season since uh, Will Muschamp got hired and they got fired. But um, we, we obviously we have the depth and talent. He only recruited defense. Uh, we have the best secondary in the nation. Uh, I've talked about it a lot, but Vernon Hargraves the third. He's going to be the best corner in all of football. Um, as far as players that you probably wouldn't know, outside of Kelvin Taylor, he's Fred Taylor's son. I know Brian Malone. we got some other Jaguars fans out there. Um, I think he's going to have a breakout season. He made T. Rich look good, our, our coach I'm talking about. Uh, obviously, he's not that good in the NFL. So he can make anyone look good. Uh, but outside of him, in all honesty, uh, I keep my eyes out for Brandon Powell. He was a, a smaller dude, probably about my size. Maybe probably a little bigger. But, you know, they moved him from running back to the slot. So he's going to play the Percy Harvin mold. I don't know. I don't know. I don't talk about him enough either. Uh, but he's going to play all over the field. Um, outside of him, 
uh, Demarcus Robinson, he's probably one of the best receivers, honestly, in college football that you probably never heard of, or maybe you did if you watch SEC football. Uh, we've had the worst quarterback play probably in the whole country. I think we're ranked like 115 through 119. There's only like 119 teams. But uh, I think he's having a big season um, outside of them, too. Our main question mark has obviously been quarterback play. We, right now we got a two-headed battle between uh, Treon Harris as well as Will Greyer. Uh Treon Harris, he's, he's a shorter dude. He's more of the Russell Wilson mold, where Treon Harris, he's more of the – I mean, I don't really know who to compare him to. He's still got wheels, but he's obviously a taller option. But uh, either of those two guys, I mean, their main success is really going to hinder off our off offensive line. We came, we came in, we lost everybody. Uh, even coming into like the end of the recruiting cycle, it was like we had like nobody. Uh, but Coach Mack, our new court, our new uh, coach, he he pulled in a lot of guys at the end there. He's really filled in a lot of holes. So I mean, honestly, Florida's main success is going to hinder solely 100% on the offensive line. We're going to stop anybody in the conference. The SEC East is watered down. It's very weak. Um, like I was saying earlier, if we play good against them, that's going to tell us a lot. But it's really going to hinder. What do you think as far as record? What do you have you guys at? Uh, I mean, honestly, five losses, I'd be like, good for you, Coach Mack. That's awesome. Four, you know, you're you're overachieving a little bit. If we get to three or less, you're going to hear Florida talk a lot more shit that we haven't talked in a while. That's how I feel. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, we've been we've been dreadful. We lost to an FCS team that did not complete a pass. That's a fact. They did not complete a pass. And we lost. That that should not happen. Florida, Florida, Florida hasn't been that bad since the '60s or '70s, and we lost to a team that did not complete a pass. That should not happen. So I mean, honestly, five or less, I'm happy. Three or less, you're gonna get sick of me on IBS, man. I'm gonna have memes all day. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining in on the call, and um, I'm gonna get Jerry on here to give us his thoughts on A&M real quick. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. I'll talk to you next time. Yeah, we touched a little bit earlier on the QB battle out of A&M. Like I said earlier, I'm firmly believing that Kyle Allen will be the starter. But my outlook on that, if Kyler Murray, as a true freshman, is able to beat him out, then we should be in really good shape. So I'm really interested in seeing how that plays out. Uh, One thing that keeps me optimistic, I really do feel we have the best wide receiver core in the nation. I mean, it was Speedy Noel, Ricky Silva Jones, Josh Reynolds, and Christian Kirk. Uh, I just don't find think there's a team in college football that, that can match that. Uh, the big question mark is obviously the defense. We've had terrible defenses the last few years, but we brought in John Chavis from SM, uh, LSU, and that should be a difference maker. Everything that's coming out of practice so far, people are saying that the defense looks has a lot more confidence. They're playing with a lot more speed, and, and most importantly, they're a lot more physical, especially in the secondary. The linebacker core is the biggest concern. We had a lot of injuries. Nobody projected to be a starter was able to play in fall camp uh, due to injuries. And we've already have two guys that are – they're not saying injuries right now. Some of them are making that known, but – uh, are injured. So that's our biggest concern is our linebacker core. The one good thing we have going is, as Chavis said, he thinks we have the two best defensive ends in the game in, in Miles Garrett and Deshaun Hall. My prediction for A&M, and I'm going to put an asterisk by it, but I'm thinking 9-3 and three with a possible 10-2. Mm-hmm. Big reason on that, 
We play nine games in Texas this year, seven at home and two at neutral sites. Uh, there's going to be a couple swing games, and the reason why I want to put an asterisk on that, ask me again after the Arizona State game. I want to see who our quarterback is. I also want to see how our defense has, has transformed under Chavis. Uh, a few Fair players enough. to watch. A few players to watch. I would say keep your eye on Josh Reynolds. He was a breakout transfer receiver last year. He had 52 receptions, 842 yards, and 13 touchdowns. And so far he showed up this year, added 10 pounds of pure muscle. He's looking great. Uh, the five-star receiver out of Arizona, true freshman Kristen Kirk, he's going to line up at slot and really play all over the field. What I'm hearing, returning some punts, some kicks, a little bit of everything, but supposedly he's pretty dynamic. Uh, on the defense, again, true freshman, five-star Balin Mack. The coaches have been raving about his strength and his speed. Uh, he can press the veterans, and a lot of veterans uh, are even saying that he's, he's playing like somebody who's, who's been in the system three years already. Uh, that All right, Jerry, like sorry, I've got to cut you off. i got 30 seconds left, so I'm going to wrap us up here. But I really appreciate you calling in and appreciate your insight. Hey, no problem. All right, let me just run through for Ohio State real quick. I think we know the biggest games on the schedule. Tech, uh, Michigan State player to look out for is Michael Thomas, the receiver. I think he's going to be a, a bigger threat this year. He was getting a lot better last season. Um, and hopefully they're going to win it all. Go Bucks! I want to just thank all my callers again. Appreciate all your uh, input and insight on this. And football season coming up. We got two weeks, guys. Thanks again. Iconic High School Bombastic Sports.